Well, good morning, church, and welcome to Church Online. We are so glad that you joined us this morning, and I'm going to open a little different this morning uh, by opening with just a few announcements, and one of the reasons is because we have this brand new online platform that we're really excited about. Uh, If you are watching right now on Facebook or YouTube and you'd like to join us on the platform, it's just as easy as going to cotlakes.com to the church's website, and then there's a big button right in the middle of the homepage there that says watch online. Click on that. It'll take you right to the platform. For those of you who are on the platform, since it's our first Sunday with it, let me give you a couple of the the tabs and the things. Let me help you navigate it just a little bit. So if you'll notice up in the corner above me here, there's there's five tabs across the top. And the first one says connect with us. And that is a connect card. That's an opportunity for you to respond, just like you would fill out a connection card in church, prayer requests, uh, any other questions. If you're a first-time visitor with us this morning, we'd love for you to fill out one of those so that we know that you joined us and we can add you to our database. So that's the connect with us. Right next to it is giving. I had several people last week say, Pastor Mike, how are we supposed to give? We didn't know. We got some envelopes in the mail late. Uh, We've got a giving tab right there. And all you have to do is click on it. It takes you straight to giving online. And so you can do your giving with us right there this morning, your tithes and your offerings. The next button is sermon notes. And for those of you who had gotten used to taking notes on your phone through our website, this will take you directly to that. So sermon notes are available there uh, if you want to use those. And then two more buttons. One says next steps. And here's what I'm really excited about this morning is that for those of you who were going through life steps and, you know, the virus changed our our whole world, um, we did not do step three last week. But I have set up, if you click on that button after service, it's going to take you straight into a live meeting with me. And we are going to do Life Step 3 and 4 today uh, virtually. And so if you need to go through Life Steps, you want to go 3 and 4 with us today, it's a twofer. You get a twofer one today, uh, so that saves you a week. Uh, Then you can click Next Steps, join us live for that. And then the last one. Just in case, I don't know if you can hear my voice and maybe the video is not working or anything's going wrong with the platform, click on YouTube, take you to our YouTube channel. You can watch this video live there. You can also watch it on Facebook, but we'd like to have you on the platform. A couple other buttons you'll notice in the big box to the side over here, It's uh, there is a chat room. And so you're going to plug in, hi, hello, good morning, family, or tell us how many people are watching with you, uh, where you are there. And it'll ask you to put your name in and do that. Next to that's another tab says Bible. There's a Bible in case you want to look something up while I'm teaching. And then schedule. And schedule is just whenever we've scheduled something to go online live, it'll show up there. Last two pieces I want to talk about are kind of down here on the bottom. And that is there's a little heart button that we're going to call the amen button. Um, so for those of you who are missing your opportunity to give an amen or a hootie hoo, you can either do that in the chat box or you can do that by hitting the heart, the amen button, and uh, it'll throw a heart up on the screen just so everybody knows you're there and part of it. And then the last piece that I'm really, really excited about is down at the bottom, it says live prayer. We have actually got some of our prayer team signed on live right now. And for those of you at the end today or even during, if you just feel like, man, I need to pray with somebody and I want to talk to somebody privately If you click on that button, it'll say, wait just a moment. It'll contact one of our people. They'll open up a chat room, just the two of you, for you to be able to pray with someone and do that. And so really excited about this platform. Uh, Thanks for joining us uh, on this platform. And I hope it works well today. So if you guys will, 
uh, you're welcome to chat it up. This is the one time that you can talk uh, while the sermon's going on. So that's kind of good. Uh, the second announcement is I want to talk to you about Thrive. We made the decision that, man, a lot of our kids are wanting to get together and they're you know, they're at home and, and sort of isolated and feeling this. So we made the decision. We are still working within the guidelines that the government and the CDC have said, which is no more than 10 people. But today we're having youth group. But here's how we're going to do it. We're going to do it on block scheduling. Uh, Eden and I will be at the Thrive Center and your kids can come for a, an hour and a half window. No more than eight kids. That'll keep us to 10 people. And so we have on our website is the opportunity that you can go and register today for a time for your kid to be able to come and at least spend time with eight other members of our youth group. Me and Miss Eden will play some games, have some fun. We have been given sanit- um, uh, sanitizer. We have Lysol wipes and spray. We're going to spray after one group leaves. We're going to do the game controllers or any other games that were played. So we're going to be very, very safe in the way we do it. We're going to make our kids use sanitizer when they come in sanitizer when they go out, uh, but it'll give our kids an opportunity to come and get out of the house for a little bit. And hey, mom and dad, maybe it's a little break for you too as well. So uh, get your kids signed up. And then we have something I'm very excited about. Our crazy staff came up with, uh, some of you may have played the game before, but we have changed the name. We're calling it Dance Dance Resurrection. So watch this. challenge for you. In two weeks, there's Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday was all about praising Jesus and his triumphal entry. Everybody gathered around from Jerusalem and threw down their cloaks and palms, and they praised and worshipped him. So we are making our own triumphal entry video. It's called Dance Dance Resurrection. So what you're going to do is you're going to take a video of yourself or your family members, create a video, send it into Lizzie Clark via Facebook or email, and she's going to put it all into one video of our awesome triumphant entry. So there's your challenge. All right. So Palm Sunday is all about worshiping God. And so we're going to make a video of our own triumphal entry dance video. So get your video submissions in this week by Friday. If you have any trouble getting those to Lizzie, just call her. Um, She'll be happy to help you work that out. Um, then also, we've been volunteering here at the school, 1030 to 1, to hand out lunches uh, during, the, uh, during the day um, and during this week. And I thank you to those that came. And if there's anyone else who would like to participate this week, you can register and sign up on our website under events um, and, and sign up to come out and help hand out lunches. Last announcement is you may or may not have seen this morning, but I did do a 5 a.m. morning prayer. I usually don't do that on Sundays when we're doing that. But I did this morning, and the reason because the, today starts uh, something that we're going to do for the next two weeks leading up to Easter. Each day in morning prayer, I'm going to walk through with you the 14 final days of Jesus' life. So we're going to talk about Scripture and what was going on each day through those 14 final days of process. So if you didn't get to see this morning's video, you might want to look at that tonight so you're caught up and ready for day two of 14 final days tomorrow morning 
in 5 a.m. prayer. All right. Hey, I'm going to hand it over to Marcus. Marcus, lead us in a little bit of worship this morning.
Thank you, Marcus. We appreciate that. And and um, if you will take a second, pull up the sermon notes. If you want to get the sermon notes printed, if you want to take notes, it's time. I'm going to get into the word now. And um, one of the things that I've noticed that is going on through this whole pandemic with the virus, um, I've actually noticed some positive things I want to talk about first. And one is I have seen more people out walking. And I think that's phenomenal. Like I've seen more husbands and wives out uh, walking together and spending time. I know that we went on a small trip and nothing was open, so we hiked every day. So as a family, we're hiking and walking together. Um, I see people posting more with like people playing family games or board games or cards. I think we've played cards three or four times in the last few days. Um, and then the biggest thing that I've noticed is less selfies. Um, kind of interesting that there's less selfies on social media and I know it's because the salons are closed. Uh, so you can't get, you know, on fleek and all that kind of stuff. Right. And, uh, and so, um, I think those are some really positive things that have us focusing on things that are, that are more important, you know, that there's, there are spiritual, emotional, and relational things that are going on that are actually great. The big issue, I think, and as I was praying through this, Besides the virus itself and the fear that people have of sickness or, or the virus, I think the big issue is uncertainty. Like we're, we're unsure, like how long are my kids going to be out of school? Are they going to go back? Are they going to do this online forever? When do I go back to, when did the restaurant open back up? When can, like there, that is, I think what I see and hear from people more often is the whole concept of uncertainty. But what I want you to hear this morning is Hebrews tells us this. Faith is being sure of what you hope for and certain of what you do not see. In other words, what I would say to you is this, listen to me, faith is the opposite of uncertainty. And we are called to be people of faith. Like that's, we are to be sure, we are to be certain. And I bet even as they say that, some of you kind of go, I don't, I don't know if that's me. I don't really know if that's, you know, the, 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 who, who I am at this moment. I, I don't know how sure I am. I'm feeling this uncertainty. And my job this morning is I'm going to stir your faith back up. I'm, I'm going to help you this morning to, to get to a place where you have a little bit of, and, and today's sermon is called vision. We're going to talk about vision today. Because when you have a vision, when you are living for something bigger than yourself, then the little things just seem to take care of themselves or just aren't as big of a deal. You know, it's amazing that most people can reel off their greatest needs. If I, if I had a room full of people this morning, if I wasn't here in this auditorium alone and it was a group of people and I could say, tell me your needs, I bet people could reel off 10 things, you know, just bang off the top of their head of what they needed. But if I looked at them and said, tell me your hopes, I think most people would maybe come up with one or two, maybe would struggle, maybe would have a little bit of a, 
And, and I think that there's a reason for that. I think the reason is, is back to lack of vision. Where, where am I going? What, what is going on? And we're sitting in the perfect time of straight uncertainty. And the opposite of that is faith. So it's rocked us a little bit. Like some people have really wrestled with this. I see it still on social media where people are arguing. This, these people are arguing, we should lock down the state. And these people are arguing it's going to kill our economy and our small businesses. And, and all this uncertainty. And what an opportunity, what a time for the people of God to be able to stand up and to be sure of what you hope for and certain of what you do not see. So I want to address the concept of vision a little bit today with the hope that when we get today, I'm at the end of today, that I'm going to have stirred you to hope a little bit. I'm going to stir you to overcome uncertainty and maybe work on the vision that God has for you and for your life. So, so the first thing I thought was this, what do you do when you don't know what to do? Because the, the first part of this, the first part of uncertainty is, yeah, but I don't even know where to start. Like I hear what you're saying, Pastor Mike, and I hear those words. What do you, what do you do when you don't want to, don't know what to do? Well, I think there's two answers. One's a good answer, one's a bad answer. Here's the bad answer. The first thing that I think we typically do when we don't know what to do is we react, right? What I have, what I have um, taught to young men for years and years and years now is I'll say to them, listen to me, boys react, men respond. And in other words, you react. It's just emotional and oh my gosh and all this and you run out and buy all the toilet paper. Right? And, 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 and we look at that and we're all making a joke about it. And yet, guess what? Everyone's still doing it. I mean, I saw somebody post just a couple days ago. Can't find toilet paper here. Can't find toilet paper there. I was talking to Davin on the phone who does our graphics just, just yesterday. And he was at the grocery store and he was like, Oh my gosh, ground beef. Yes. <laughs> right? I mean, and, and it's so amazing how we react. And what happens is, is we have this tendency to default to old habits, right? When we get to a place and we don't know what to do, we react, we grasp, we sort of, and we never make healthy decisions from a place of reaction. Here's the other thing that I think is a better answer. When you don't know what to do, when you're feeling uncertain, is this. Revisit, or maybe visit for the first time, your calling. What is it that you've been called to do? Who are you? What is your vision? What are your values? What are your goals? Where is it that you're trying to go? And let me back that one up with scripture. Proverbs 29 and 18. Here's the two different reactions. Listen to it. Proverbs 29 and 18. It says this. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. In other words, if you don't know what to do and you don't see a reason or you don't have a vision, people just kind of stumble all over themselves. Another version of this, another um, a version of this uh, particular scripture says this. When people don't have any vision, they cast off restraint. In other words, there's no restraint. I'm just going to do what I got to do to make myself feel better, to make myself feel good. Right? But it goes on and it says, but when they attend to what he, that should be capital, that's my fault, that's God, right? What he reveals, they are most blessed. So in other words, 
Your two opportunities, when you don't know what to do, when you're feeling uncertain is, you can either react, right? You can cast off restraint and just do whatever makes you feel good. Or you can attend to what God is already saying about who you are and and what you should be doing and what he has called you to do. The book of, uh, of Habakkuk is not a book that's on the forefront of everybody's mind, but I want to read these verses that, that God said to Habakkuk that were kind of amazing. Habakkuk 2 and, 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 and 2 through 3 says, write the vision, right? Write the vision and make it plain on tablets so he may run who reads it. Did you catch that? Write the vision, make it plain on tablets. Write down. Listen, I'm going to call you and ask you today, Write down what it is that you feel like you're supposed to be doing. And some of you are struggling with that. I'm going to help you. Okay. I'm going to help you with that and get to that place. But listen to this. So he may run who reads it. Some of us right now are struggling in our uncertainty and life feels like we're in molasses. And the reason we can't run is because we feel weighed down because we don't have some kind of a certainty of the direction that we're going. And who God has called us to be, right? Write down the vision. Make it plain on tablets. So he may run who reads it. For still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. When you have the vision, it will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. Boy, that right there could be a sermon, right? Wait, wait, wait for it. If God's given you a vision, God's given you an idea or a thought, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. If you don't have anything that excites you or energizes you, then you'll spend your money and time on exciting yourself. Let me say that again. If you don't have anything that excites you or energizes you, something that you're working towards, then you'll spend your money and your time exciting yourself. That's reaction, right? I I had this whole conversation actually with my daughters. We were talking about uh, yesterday dealing with money and and the reason i think people are irresponsible with money most of the time is lack of vision and so the way i said it to them is is the reason that you waste money the reason you go to the convenience store and you go to starbucks and you buy this and you buy that and buy that, that, that is because there's no name on that money There's not something that you've defined that money for. I'm not saving for this, or I don't have this as a vision, right? It's a lack of understanding. And so when we don't have something, a vision, values, goals of where we're going, then we actually waste today exciting ourselves because there's nothing exciting or a hope that we're looking for in the future. Let me say it to you this way. If you don't see what God is doing, then you're in danger of settling for an earthly counterfeit, right? If you don't see what God is doing, then you are in danger of settling for an earthly counterfeit. This is why people will get a divorce after the kids move out of the house. Because there was a lack of vision of understanding that we need to develop our relationship. We need to develop us and focus all their times on the kids. The kids move out and they look at each other and go, I don't even like you. We're out of here, right? I mean, that, that's, that's a lack of, vision in developing what we need to develop. God has a vision that you are a part of. I need you to grasp that for a second. God's got a vision. He's got a story. He's got a narrative that's playing out. And you and I, we're a part of that. If you struggle to see it, listen carefully, look around you. 
If you struggle to see what your vision is, look around you. See, God is not going to give you a vision that is different than the vision of your family, your community, your church, and your sphere of influence. Let me say that again. Your family, your community, your church, and your sphere of influence. See, the vision that he has for them is going to be the vision that he has for you because you have a part to play in the vision. In other words, you are where you are on purpose. Right? For some of you, you're like, well, I was born in Lake County. Guess I'm going to die in Lake County. I mean, or some of you, you know, I moved here because I had a divorce or I was leaving a, an abusive relationship or this. And we put it on those things. Listen to me. God himself brought you to this place for such a time as this. And if you're struggling to understand your vision, I believe it's as easy as looking at what's around you. What is God doing around you? And then what is my part in that? And that's how we get into that. So I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to help you with this a little bit today because I think we should revisit the church's vision. And in revisiting the church's vision, I'm going to be helping you to think through what has God called me to do? What, what is my part in that? So let me walk back through. We, we founded this church on a verse initially. John 10.10 10 says this. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Right? There's a war going on. The thief, the devil, our enemy, and, and those demons that follow him, they want to steal, kill, and destroy your life. Jesus came that you might have life and life to the full. So I said it a little while ago. We're in danger of buying a counterfeit, a counterfeit version of life. Let me define that for you. What is the counterfeit version of life? Life counterfeit is this. Number one, the world would tell you, no me. It's about me, 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 right? You ever, you ever been in those conversations and somebody uh, has the me monster? In other words, they're just looking at you and like all they're trying to do, they're not hearing a word you're saying. <laughs> they're just waiting for you to pause so they can go, me, me, my, my turn, me, 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 I have something to say, right? Like we, we are programmed by our culture. No me, it's about me, but you gotta be true to yourself. If you feel that way, it must be true. It's me, it's me, it's me. And that's a counterfeit. And we're gonna see what the Bible says as, as opposed to that. The second thing that I think that is a counterfeit life that the world says to us is it says, hey, find fame, man. Find your hour, right? Everybody wants to be a YouTuber. Everybody wants to get their 15 minutes of fame, right? The, the saying goes like this. Bad, there's no such thing as bad press, right? In, in other words, like even our political leaders can get into a mess or your celebrities can get into a mess and it actually works for them, right? Or it sells more albums, And so, and so what's being told to us that is a counterfeit is man, find your moment of fame, make yourself significant, get your name out there and do that. Number three, discover a platform. You need a platform. You need a way to to climb the ladder. You need a way to get yourself out there. Um, you, you need to, to, you know, you know what? It's, it's a, um, it's a filtered life. For those of you who don't do social media, there's these things on social media called filters, and they're amazing. Like they do miraculous things to people's faces. Like quite honestly, every once in a while, I'll see somebody and be like, hey, and in my head, I'm going, who are you? Because they don't look anything like their social media, 
right? Because we filter life. And so I'm looking for a way to make myself look good, right? Because, because it's about know me. It's about finding fame. It's about creating a platform for myself or finding my 15 minutes of fame. And then the last one, why do we do all this? Well, to make a dollar, right? To, to, to chase after the money. This is the counterfeit life. This is the vision, listen to me, that the culture around you will push you towards if you don't pay attention and or write down what God tells you is the vision for your life. But again, what I said to you is, you're going to figure out the vision for your life by figuring out the vision of what God is doing around me. See, listen to me. One of the things that we do wrong in, in looking at vision is that we're like, what is my vision? Now we're still in that no me phase, right? What is my vision? Can I say this to you? You don't have a vision. You have a part in God's vision. Your vision is your character in God's story. And, and, and sometimes we want this separated, isolate. Why? Because it's still know me, get my own platform, find fame, make a dollar. We still find ourselves in that place. Listen to me. Look around you. Right here in Leesburg, Lake County, Sumter County, wherever you live. What's God doing? And what's your part? That's your vision. That's your calling. What is God doing here at Church of the Lakes? What is God doing in the office that you're in? What is he trying to do there? And, and, and what is your part? That's your calling. That is your vision. So what is true life? Well, let's talk a little bit about, again, the church vision to help you understand if God's brought you to this place, your vision's going to line up with a church vision in some way. Church of the Lakes exists. I, we just have reformed our mission statement. Same vision, but we just reformed some of the words. And so here it is. Church of the Lakes exists to inspire life, share life, and give life. Let me get you to say those things, right? We, we exist to inspire life. Say inspire life. Good. We exist to share life. Say share life. And give life. Say give life. Give life, right? Inspire, share, and give life. Let me talk through those for just a moment. Number one, if we're going to inspire true life, that means we're going to lead people towards God. To inspire life, God is life. To inspire true life is to inspire people towards a relationship with God. And then those who know God, to inspire them deeper into their relationship with God. Ephesians 1 and 17 says this. And I'm going to read 17 and 18. I'm going to show you our vision can be encompassed in just these two verses in Ephesians 1. Ephesians 1 and 17. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. Right? That's know God. And the way we do that at Church of the Lakes is in Sunday morning services. That is why it's important to come to Sunday morning service. It's because we are trying to find those who don't know him and inspire them to a relationship with him. And then we bring together the body of Christ and we inspire people to go deeper in knowing him better. The counterfeit, know me. The Bible says, know God. That I would focus my attention, not on knowing myself, but if I will get to know who my God is, I will come to know who I am. I often pray when I'm praying with the youth. God, speak to us that we would know you better, so that we know ourselves better, so that we fulfill our purpose. And that's the concept that we would 
know God. Number two, right? We said inspire true life. Number two is share true life. Share true life. That means we do life together. We do community. Let me show you it in verse 18. Ephesians 1.18. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. Underline that particular part right there. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. Now, some of you might look at that and go, uh, I think the writer needs an anatomy lesson. There's not, there's, there's not eyes on your heart, but there is. See, you think you see things with these. All these are as receptors. But the way you really see things it can be described as the eyes of your heart or the eyes of your soul. That's why we can take 10 people and have them all look at the same thing and they see it differently. Because in your heart, in your soul, there are filters. There are filters. So if you come from an abusive background and you see somebody kind of playing around or getting physical and somebody doesn't, guarantee you're going to see that completely differently. Right? If you come from a background where people abuse alcohol, then you're going to look at alcohol in a certain way or with it. Right? See, these are the eyes of your heart. And, and, and what he says here is, listen, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. In other words, we need truth to come. The counterfeit is find fame. The Bible says find freedom. In other words, freedom from those things that are in our soul or in our heart that are bad filters. The bad filters, that's when somebody has said to us, hey, you're never going to mount anything. You can't do that. You don't have the ability. And that put a filter in our heart. And now we see things through that filter. And we have to not only come to a place of knowing who God is, but we've got to find freedom. We've got to deal with our past. Just because I accept Christ and start to walk with him doesn't mean all that stuff goes away, right? And so we want to help you to find freedom. And the way that we do that as a church, our vision, our plan is small groups. That when you get together with a small group, that you can get into enough of a relationship that you can deal with your stuff, right? That, that we can come to that place. Let me show you in James 5 and 16. Therefore, confess your sins to each other. Wait a minute. I thought we're supposed to confess our sins to God and he forgives us. Yes, God gives forgiveness. But check this out. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be, what? Healed. Not forgiven. Healed. Healing is going to come through relationship with other people. And we really don't like that statement because we like doing everything on our own. We like being independent when the reality is we are completely dependent upon one another. We need each other to overcome. We need this. It says the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective, right? We pick it back up in Ephesians 1 and 18. It says, I pray the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. Find freedom, right? Not find fame. Find freedom from my past. In order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Now we're talking about your part in the story, right? That he's called you. There's a part that you have. And so the counterfeit says, discover a platform for yourself. No, 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 no. The Bible here says, discover purpose. That God has designed and purposed something for you to do. And it's right around you. Like God is moving right around you and doing things and it's just us opening our eyes and seeing what is going on in my church and what is my part in that. 
What is going on in my community? And what is my part? What's going on in my home? What's my part in that? What is the role that I have to play? And so how do we do that? How do we help you discover? That's life steps. So those of you who have not been through and not gone through life steps, I want you to understand that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to take you on this journey, right? That you might know God, find freedom, discover purpose, right? So number one, we're going to inspire true life. That's, that's how we pe- have people know God. We do that by leading people to God through Sunday morning services and sometimes special services or special things like morning prayer. But number two is we're going to share true life by doing life together, by helping people find freedom and discover purpose. And then last, we're going to give true life. What does it mean to give true life? We serve others. We serve one another. Ephesians 1 and 18. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened, right? And so that's our find freedom. In order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, discover purpose, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. You have, listen, an inheritance here. It's not just about following Jesus that we might get into heaven one day. We, I got my ticket. I'm good to go. No, 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 no. There's an inheritance to be had here. In other words, the counterfeit is make a dollar. The Bible says make a difference. That we are called to make a difference. That we have a part to play. And how do we do that? Well, we have a dream team. Our dream teamers are the ones that are going to be serving when, when we finally get the Thrive Center open for good. They're the ones that serve in the rock and come and serve lunches. They're the ones that greet you at the front door and our ushers and our children's ministry and our worship team. And so it's about us understanding if I want to start grasping the vision that God has for me, it's just as simple as looking at what God's doing around me and then doing my part and my talent. As I'm sitting here in the auditorium and I'm I'm preaching to just chairs. Actually, I'm preaching to Lizzie and Arthur, right? And I can, I can point to the two of them, right? So Arthur's sitting down over here and, and Arthur is, um, probably not going to stand up here and preach. It's, it's, it's just, I think probably if I said, okay, Arthur, come on up right now and preach, he's shaking his head, right? Cause he's like, I don't think so. I think I'd rather, you know, do anything on the planet. But you know what? When it's time for me to have great sound, you don't want me mixing up the sound. Right? I want Arthur and the talents in the So his part and his, Lizzie, right? She, she's the one that does our videos and mixes things up and gets all, she does, she has so many things. She's the exact same way. Like, like if I said, come on, Lizzie, I want you to talk for just a few minutes. She's doing this to me right now. Right? She's not going to do that. Why? Because she has her part to play in the vision of what God is doing around us. Does that, does that make sense to anybody? The dream or vision is to lead everyone we can to true life, right? How? We inspire life, we share life, we give life. This is, this is, this is what we do. And you can carry that vision regardless of whether you're in a pandemic or things are just hunky-dory and fantastic. It doesn't matter. But there's a verse that, that kind of haunts me in that because when I look at what God has done here at Church of the Lakes, it's a little overwhelming. I mean, it's, it's a lot overwhelming. The amount of money that has been given, the things that we get to do, the fact that even you get to do church like this and see this, there's a lot of small churches that are, are, are older than us that are struggling to do online. And man, we just put this together and we got the team and the talent to do that. And the scripture says this, listen, Luke 12, 48. For everyone who has been given much, 
much will be demanded. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. As I read that, there is somebody today that's saying, well, that sounds good on the big scale, but me, I don't have that much. Like, I, don't, I don't have a lot of talents, right? And here's what I would say to you. Listen to me. When we think that what we have is not that much, we have predetermined a lack of value in our life. And that is the complete opposite of what the scripture says. That is a lie from the depths of hell. When we live it, limit what God can do with a little, then we devalue what we have. You have more than you realize. You just haven't realized yet how to plug it into the story and see it blossom and see it do what God's called you to do. Let me read you this story that I found and I'm going to close out with a couple points for you individually. Check this out. In 1990, a 26-year-old man robbed a bank at gunpoint in Ottawa, Canada. The young man was named Danny Simpson. You can look it up on the internet. And he was desperate for the money. He made away with close to $6,000, but he was apprehended shortly thereafter by the police. Upon his arrest, the gun he had used was confiscated by the police, and he was sent to jail for six years. Later, the Ottawa police discovered that the pistol Simpson had used was not a typical handgun, but an antique. Simpson owned a 45 caliber Colt semi-automatic pistol, one of only 100 made by the Ross Rifle Company in Quebec City in 1918. The pistol was its worth, its value, $100,000. Close to 20 times the amount he had stolen from the bank. If he'd only known what he held in his hand, he wouldn't have, have gotten into that mess in the first place. Man, what a, what a story that I think is true for so many people that I meet and maybe some of us. That when you look at who you are, when you look in the mirror and you look through the eyes of your heart, because you got to find some freedom from the way that you look at yourself and the way you devalue what you have and devalue what God says about you. Listen to me. We're the guy holding a $100,000 gun, stealing 6000 You have more than you've given yourself credit for. There is something that you have that God wants you to put in his story in this place, right? Right here in Central Florida, right here in Church of, the, uh, Church of the Lakes, right where you work, right in your family. There's a reason he's put you there. So I'm gonna challenge you to consider three areas and I'm gonna close with this. I want you to work on getting a vision for yourself, a vision for yourself. And here's what I mean by that. I know there's plenty of you that even as I say it, you go, I've heard you talk about vision. I've heard you talk about purpose. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Listen to me. It's just about developing a mentality. There's a church in Bogota, uh, Colombia, that they, this is their normal practice. What they do is when a person comes and gets saved for the first time, they will take a Polaroid picture of that person, cut their face out, and then they put them into this picture they have that is a person preaching to thousands. And they put that in the cover of the Bible that they give them after they make the decision. What are they trying to do? 
They're trying to set a mindset inside of them. Yeah, you're a, you're a first time, you know, you, you just came to know Jesus. You don't even know your Bible, but want you to vision something, something that God has for you to do that maybe you can only do a little today. Maybe you can just read your Bible today. But reading your Bible today leads to the opportunity that you may do something great. In the hallway right over here where children's church happens, there's a mirror that Principal Randolph has put up. And it's a mirror, and then painted on the mirror is the cap and gown. And so you're supposed to put your face in there. Why? He wants these kids that struggle so hard to think they have any any worth. The eyes of their heart, right, are messed up. They haven't found freedom because they're too busy trying to find fame to look and see themselves with vision for what God wants to do. Listen, God wants to do something in the midst. And so instead of sitting around coming up with a million ideas that we're going to post on social media about how long this is or isn't going to last and arguing over politics and all this sort of stuff, how about you spend a little bit of time saying, hey, God, give me a vision Give me some help. And listen to you, you might need some help. You might need somebody to sit down with you that knows you well and say, what do you think my strengths are? And then begin to look at and understand God's doing something around and I do have a part to play. Number two vision I want you to begin to grasp is a vision for souls. It's a vision for souls. Because see, around you all day long, they're not just people, there are souls. And every soul that was ever created in the end, it's going to be in one of two places, right? It's going to be in one of two places. It's going to be enjoying life for eternity with God in heaven, or it's going to be in what the Bible describes as eternal torment and hell. And we need to grasp a new vision. And man, excuse me, what an opportunity for us to, in uncertain times, bring hope, bring certainty, bring life in our mission, in our message. What is your circle of influence? Why has God put you in that place? What is it that he's calling you to do? A vision for souls. And lastly, number three, I want you to get a vision for the supernatural. I think most of us lose a vision for the supernatural. The Bible says this, that you are not a conqueror. You're not a conqueror. That's not what the Bible says. No, 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 no. The Bible says you are more than conquerors, right? That's supernatural. That's bigger than us. That's more than I can accomplish. And, and, and so if I am only doing what I can do, listen to me, then my God is too small. Impossible is not a word in God's dictionary. Right? He is the God of the possible. All things are possible. And, and, and boy, do we get calloused and lose vision, and lose understanding that God is doing something, and he can do things supernaturally. And if he's not right now supernaturally blowing this virus off of North America, then there's a reason, right? And, and so for us to grab vision, man, for us to be people that are speaking life, listen to me, stop arguing politics, stop telling everybody what you're against, and let's start telling people what we're for. And if you're struggling to figure out what you're for, hey, call me. I'll spend some time with you. We'll have one of our elders spend some time with you. We'll be happy to, to help you and, and to get and understand that, listen to me, God's got a story. There's a part that he's playing. There's something that he's doing, and you have a part in it. So I hope this, 
stirred you today. I, I hope this, this got you out of the slump, out of this real um, uncertainty and worry and fear and all this. No, 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 we're God's people. And I've got to get back to vision. I'm not going to just react to what's going on. I'm going to revisit my calling, my purpose, who I am, why he has me in, in, in Leesburg, Lake County, Sumter County, in this area, why he has placed me where he's placed me, in the job he's placed me in, in the neighborhood he's placed me in, in the family he's placed me in. God, give me vision for what it is that you have called me to do for such a time as this. Let me pray with you. Father, thank you for your word that continues to stir and inspire us to push on and push forward. I pray especially, God, for anybody here uh, watching that maybe they're really struggling with the vision thing. Maybe they really are still, I hear it, but I'm having a hard time going there. And would you meet them in this place? Would you encourage them, God, that they do have something to offer and there is a part that they have to play and then give them courage to step up Give them courage to to do exactly that. God, I pray this week, great revelation over all of our people and anyone who watches this. New revelation and understanding of who you are, what you've called us to do, and how your church can rise even in what are uncertain times that we can be people of faith, of certainty, certain of what we hope for, certain of what we're called to, certain of what we see. And if you're watching today, and you have never accepted Jesus as your Savior. It's just simple. It's, it's simply a prayer that you can pray. To say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. And I'm going to do my best to live for you as best as I know how. And you can pray that simple prayer today and be saved right where you are. And know uh, that God loves you and is excited about you living out a purpose that's about him and not the counterfeit of this world. Hey, Marcus, let's sing one more worship song. As we close out today, I love you guys. We'll see you next week, or actually maybe I'll see you tomorrow morning on 5 a.m. prayer.